You're listening to the Roanoke Valley Church Podcast. Today is the first episode in our summer series, Treasuring God, where our aim is to reinvigorate our connection to God, His church, and our communities. Today our sermon title is Treasuring Creation. We will look at scriptures that shape our perspective on God's creation, that we may find delight, so that we may learn to know God better. We invite you to join along with us on this eight-week journey in treasuring God. Follow along on our website, RoanokeValleyChurch.org, or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Roanoke Valley Church. And now, enjoy today's sermon. Hey man, good morning church. Good morning God. Good morning, Great God. to be together here on this uh, Independence Weekend. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements is that uh, we are now going to dismiss our kiddos to Kids Kingdom so you can find Mr. Bill. You guys are going to go down by the river. Oh my God. All right. And uh, just so you know, uh, we don't always meet here, and we are grateful for uh, Michigan pretty much making up half of our congregation this morning. We all go everywhere. We have a lot of folks out of town, a lot of people in town. So thanks for uh, making up the deficit, and then some. But uh, we are grateful to be here together. We are both Roanoke and the NRV. And just a reminder, if you are visiting here with us, we'll be back up at the YMCA if you're in Roanoke. And then the NRV will be back on Matthews Lane next Sunday. So... Uh, the Hutchins are out of town for a family reunion in Colorado, and uh, lots of other folks are celebrating birthdays. Uh, Rolando and Will Clement, and there's lots of lots of birthdays at the end of June and early July. So, um, but yeah, yesterday, if you were with us, uh, yesterday was just a glorious time to celebrate our sister Norma, as Kevin mentioned, and uh, a great time of, uh, of food, of, of sharing some great memories and photos, and uh, some pork that had been cooked all day. It was fantastic. And of course, karaoke, if you were one of the lucky ones to stick around long enough to see Bruce get 100 uh, multiple times in a couple of his renditions, which I thought were better than the original. We could have just set up a record recording track right there. But, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, if you're not uh, aware, we are starting an eight-week series on this little book here from our brother up in Michigan, uh, appropriately so, uh, Joel Nagel called Treasuring God. And this is for the Roanoke region. I know the NRV's got some other things going on. But uh, we're going to be in the next eight weeks looking at things to treasure, uh, but the, appropriately so. The first one really is about treasuring God. And uh, we'll be looking at this, and if you don't have one of these books, you can purchase one on Amazon for five bucks, or you can grab a couple of the ones that are floating around. Uh, but tonight, we're, the title of this lesson is, is called Treasuring Creation, which is perfect because we're outdoors, and we're able to look around and uh, really just revel in, in God's majesty and what we have around us. But you've got to think about a question here. What does it mean to treasure something? You know, it might be easier to illustrate through an example about what it means to treasure something. And for me, uh, I treasure landscaping. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish. I wish. Yeah. You wish. Gardening. Uh, I, love, uh, I love being able to look out at something that uh, doesn't have any plants or gardening or edging uh, or color and be able to dream and plan and actually see that come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, I love adding in the, the tools that go along with that, all types of tools, uh, to a point where I actually like maintaining those tools and keeping them clean. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of an obsession. And uh, it might even sound silly, it does sound silly, but uh, I'll wake up in the morning and I'm walking the dog outside and I see the flowers blooming and I'll talk to him from time to time like, hey, it's looking good, keep it going, you know, keep it running. And, uh, and the other side of it is, when I see somebody abusing the landscape, uh, it stirs up my indignation rather quickly. 
So if someone's running through the mulch or someone's, uh, we are on Facebook Live, so when my neighbor's dog uh, runs into my yard, decides to defecate, and then uh, do one of these things, oh, oh, which never goes anywhere near the, uh, the product, but stirs my mulch up and throws it all over the yard, that, that, gets, that gets me on a number of levels. But I'm not even worried about so much the, 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 the feces as it is like, you just sprayed my mulch everywhere. The mulch is what comes to mind first. Um, and you could say that I really treasure the landscaping that I've done in my house. If you've been back there, my backyard was basically just uh, dense woods. And over the last four years, we kind of made it a little, uh, Greg calls it a shade grilla. Is that what you call it? Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of fun back there. But it's, uh, maybe I'm a little embarrassed, but it's a bit of an emotional connection for me. I really do treasure all of that. But when you ponder something you treasure, uh, it should bring, if you treasure it, a feeling of delight. Mm -hmm. And if we treasure that deeply, it, it, it brings it so much dough even from our hearts that we delight it, it delight in our hearts. So I'm not going to ask what you treasure, but I want you to think about that. You know, from the beginning to end in the Bible, God instructs us to love and worship Him. And how we can delight and treasure God, it's challenging when we can't see Him face to face. Often things that we treasure, we can handle, we can touch, we can move, we can shape, we can fix all those different things. But God supernaturally provides us with two specific means of discovery. One we have in our laps or on your iPads or iPhones or phones or somewhere, is which is his word. And his word as well as his creation helps us to develop a picture of the one in whom we are worshiping. So it's appropriate so, more so behind you, but the creation around us, even as you drove down 81 or drove up 81 or whatever it might be, we sit in this beautiful bowl of, of the mountain range here in this area. And if you're in the NRV, then you came down Christiansburg Mountain and you get to see all of that. Uh, God gives us that opportunity to find him and see him and treasure him. We also have animals and things like that that help us see his creation. So these are exciting opportunities for us who seek God as a people to learn how to treasure him. Um, an exam, another example, not like, uh, not unlike an escape room. Anyone ever done an escape room before? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So the goal is to escape the room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's not just about getting out. It's it's you get clues along the way, and it's about the process of the escape room. So the joy in uh, in the escape room is making discoveries which bring delight and excitement. Like, oh, we figured this clue out. We figured this clue out. Uh, and so again, it's not not just it's. Horrible, I hope not for you, it wasn't for me anyway, it wasn't a horrible experience until we got out. It was a exciting process, and then there was elation when we got out. So the getting out of the escape room is really just seeing God and discovering God. But the process in which finding clues to get there is, is also amazing. Amen. So walking with God is, is part about the goal, but it's just as much about the process. So when we seek Him... With a significant force, as God tells us to, with all of our heart, he does promise us that when we do that, we will what? We'll find him. We will find him. So God, we know, is limitless. And we can just continue in all of our years discovering new things about God. And ultimately, we will for all eternity. So both his word, we'll find that as we study God's word, but as we also contemplate and look at his creation, or travel the country, or travel the world, or watch uh, you know documentaries with Attenborough, you'll find 
greatness of God's creation. So again, our title this morning is Treasuring Creation. And we'll look at a few scriptures that shape our perspective on God's creation. So that we ultimately can find delight, but more so find Him. Amen? So Psalm 19, 1 through 6, will be our first passage. And this psalm was noted by uh, a well-known author, C.S. Lewis. And he says about this psalm that it's the greatest poem in the book of Psalms and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. So what we're about to read, according to C.S. Lewis, is better than any of your favorite songs. All right. So it says there, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes makes circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. So in this psalm it says the heavens declare God's glory. To look at the skies for us brings awe to our heart about God and our earth. You know, even last night before Norma's memorial, there was sun where I was coming from, but I was driving into a dark cloud. And there was a sense of, oh, over the mountain I could start to see the haze turning to precipitation. And we had some speakers with us, so it was a race between me and God's creation. And we barely lost. <laughs> we got there and it started to rain, uh, almost very large raindrop, raindrops, and we cut our fellowship short in the parking lot and sprinted into the building. But we were one of the lucky ones because anyone behind us definitely caught it. Got to feel God's creation a little bit more than I did. <laughs> Those skies, as I saw them, really did bring awe in about God's power and how quickly things, even in the valley, can shift for us. But in all of that, that amazement, there was no words, there was no sound, there was no whisper from God. It was no speech to you or to I. But everyone receives, despite that lack of speech, everyone receives the glory of God through nature. It is a gift for all of us that none of us can escape. You see it. It's all around us. So including the sun, which thankfully is, uh, is covered by some overcast clouds here, there's so many comparisons about God and the sun, aren't there? We need sun for warmth. We need God to sustain us. We need the sun for plants to grow. We need God's nurturing for us to grow as people and disciples. The sun is dangerously powerful. All my pale skin friends say, yeah, yeah. And we get birds. Or even something far worse, cancer. The same with God is that we need to approach God with care. Because he is kind. But it is also dangerously powerful. Day after day, the sun comes forth. Day after day, God is there. You know, when you say God's creation, what does the Bible say is included in all of that? You know, simply enough, Genesis 1.1 says that creation is what God created, including the heavens and the earth. Verse 31, where it says that God saw all he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. So obviously creation, the physical universe, the stars, the sky, the water, resources, and the land. Living things, plants, the ones I cherish, and the ones that you may trample on. Animals, 
and microorganisms are examples. And ultimately, which I know I need and you need and our world needs, is to treasure people more and more. Hebrews 11.3 says that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was made out of what was visible. All these things we see as God created was able to command, command out of what cannot be seen. This beautiful reality that everything we see, everything we've touched and experienced was made from God out of nothing. That's crazy. You know, as much as I can boast about my landscaping, I didn't make any of those things. I didn't generate any of it. It was already pretty much healthy before I ever got my hands on it. It had been nurtured by a thousand people to get it over to Lowe's or Mike's Gardening or Home Depot for me to be able to now just pop it out of a little plastic bin and put it in the soil. That's pretty much all I do. But God makes all of those things out of nothing. Right. Incredible. You know, why treasure God's creation? You know, God delights in the physical universe. He said it's very good. It reflects his glory. So all of this, we've seen that God stands back and says, Man, Elliston, this is very good. Those mountains behind you, nice. And it all reflects God. And he celebrates it, as should we. You know, secondly, it refreshes our souls. Some of you guys are like, I hate the outdoors. Some of you might be that. Anyone like, Bugs. Bugs. You're in the right place. Most of us, you know, moved here for this area, for sure. But, uh, for example, I love the outdoors, but I don't like Florida. So, visit some great friends, love those friends, just didn't love where they lived. 6 a.m., go for a prayer walk, instantly walk out, feel like somebody threw a bucket on you. Sticky, humid, kind of like, a little bit like today, times 100. Yeah. But you may not like the outdoors. You may not get uh, all googly-eyed for a sunset photo or sunset picture or whatever it might be. Uh, you might not like applying 60 SPF everywhere you go. But God does say that creation and seeing its majesty, seeing its diversity, refreshes our souls. That it brings restoration and rejuvenation. I don't know about you, but there's nothing like sitting in the backyard under a shade canopy and just feeling the breeze. Hearing the leaves rustle. Occasional squirrel scurrying up a tree. You know, those kind of things just make me feel appropriately small. And being able to revel in all that and just be refreshed. You know, I'm, I'm first in line with a good movie. But every time I walk out of the movie, I feel a little bit like, what did I just do? <laughs> it was great in the moment, but then it dissipates almost instantly for me. But being out in creation, even if I'm tired after a hike or whatever it might be, there's a sense of, that was, well, that was time well spent for me. Come on. Thirdly, it reveals facets of the God we worship, which is why we got here today, was to worship God, and these things aid in our, in our ability to learn how to worship Him, to have that be more full, rather than just kind of a, you know what, I don't really see anything, I'm not really connecting. Being able to reflect on that does help us. Romans 1.20 says just that, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. So Paul in his letter to the Romans tells us, God's creation's out there. It's there to be seen. He's there to be found. It's beauty. It's creativity. It's power. It's wisdom. Jeremiah 10, 12 says, But God made the earth 
by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. So since we are a part of that creation, it makes sense, because we're a part of it, that we should learn how to treasure it. You know, I mentioned learning how to treasure people. Well, that's part of God's creation. I think one leads to the other. You know, what are the things that we do? What activities, what practicals could we do to better treasure God's creation? One, I think you got to be on the lookout for it. Not hard to do here. We have a leg up around the, among the rest of the area. But we're on the lookout for the glory of God. You know, you're admiring the mountains on the drive. You know, don't look too deeply or you might hit somebody, but admire the mountains. Take a hike, walk, listen, step outside. You know, it can be for me, the first thing you think of is like I did in Florida when I stepped outside. I didn't, I didn't see anything, but like, this is awful. And I started complaining instantly. You know, some of us have to work a little bit harder to appreciate creation. You know what all creation's got me is a daily allergy pill. Like that's kind of, <laughs> you gotta say, okay, well, when Allegra kicks in, wow, God. <laughs> and maybe that, that's where you need to work. Secondly, what we're doing, we're also looking at the details of the things that are created. This might just be more for me, but hopefully it applies to you. But I, I, I love getting a bag of seeds and looking at it and saying, ooh, this is what you are now. And we have a bag of wildflower seeds that uh, my daughter got. Uh, and we have a whole big, big sack of wildflower seeds. And they look almost, they look very interesting. Some of them look like dried crustaceans. It's like, what is that? And the beauty of it is just kind of mix the soil up a little bit, and then we just kind of scattered it on this hill. And now we've got more than we can count, and they're all over the place. And it's cone flowers and dandelion, not dandelions, but, uh, you know, daisies and other kind of stuff. It's like, whoa, that came from just this weird-shaped seeds. And I'll get into it, and I'll look it up, and uh, maybe you should too. But I mean, that's just for me. No, no, no. But study, you know, it's not biology in seventh grade, but how seeds work, and be able to look at the development of all those things. But maybe more what's more, more interesting other than, you know, uh, inaudible things, but maybe how people work. Study the details of God's creation. You know, recognizing and appreciating cultures. Recognizing people's history. And appreciating their stories. Not just at large, but individual stories. Knowing how people think. Recognizing that they think differently than you, and that's okay. You know, we had uh, Bill and Connie are here. They're in the back there. We had Bill and Connie over for dinner on uh, Friday. And whenever you share your story, new details tend to come out. So I'm not going to share those details, but it was just really cool, even for them as we're sitting there kind of sharing our stories. And at, there was one point they kind of looked at each other like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was just a beautiful thing. And, you know, Lindsay and I shared our engagement story and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, yeah, there's just finding out new details about each other. Lindsay and I have been together for 15 years, and there's more and more to discover about her. There's not much to discover about me. There's more to discover about her. And there's just new details about finding out about people, seeing your kids grow up. Oh, I didn't know you were going to enjoy that or like that. There's just all of those things. So studying people. Studying culture, their story, their history. Those are great ways to treasure God's creation. Thirdly, interact with it. In all that we do, we're ultimately interacting with God's creation. You know, bending and shaping it to bless the lives of others. You know, I think about Doug Hooper up here in front. 
You know, Doug's pepper sauce. You know, he shapes the ground and works and treasures God's creation and works with God to produce peppers. More peppers than his family can ingest, but for all of us. And he uses that to make friends and his employment. And he's, I think he's got a little underground circuit going on with the pepper plants. But some of us love to fish, and we bring those fish over, and we're cooking out our fish fries. Other of us might have, might have grown up on farms, and we, we have that knowledge to feed other people. Or maybe you just are a great shopper at Sam's, and you can throw down a great dinner for others. You know, interacting with God's creations to bless others. That actually reveals God and the use of his creation to help others see him. So how does this help us? A couple, quick, couple quick points, and we'll wrap it up here. How does this help us? One, I think it gives us perspective. Mm. How does treasuring God help us? It gives us perspective. When you're among creation, when you take the moment to look around at any given point, you can know exactly where you are. You know, despite GPS and all the turmoil with all that, you can figure out where you are. And what I mean by that, maybe not a specific location, but you know where you are in the grand scheme of the world. I mentioned earlier being outside and kind of feeling small. Those are good moments. When you're looking up at the mountains or you're, you're over there on Tinker Cliffs or you're up there, you know, whatever, Dragon Tooth or McAfee's Knob, and you're looking out and you're like, whoa, that's a 50-foot drop. If I just took a half step, that's all she wrote. I'm so small here. Or if you're standing at the beach and you look out at the ocean and you realize you're only looking about a mile and a half out to the horizon, and it goes a long, 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 long way after that. And those massive ships on the, on the Atlantic seaboard, they look small, like you kind of pinch them. But if you were to be up against them at, at dry dock, I mean, you've you got a, you're crick, a crick in your neck to see even up to the side of it. It feels good, and it's something, there's something right about feeling small before God's creation. We are God's created beings. We're living in God's creation to bring glory to God, surrounded in this spiritual universe of this unseen God that makes himself known through his creation. Come on. So anytime for us, you know, I think why perspective is so needed and so helpful is that we get lost. We get lost from time to time. We get, we get too big for our britches. We get a big head. We think we're, we're controlling things. We think we're making stuff happen. You know, there, there's no one more guilty than that than a, than a Westerner. The American, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I'm in control. I've got this, my schedule, my plans, this effort, this, this, this company, this job, this production, whatever it might be. We lose our way in that, don't we? But to have perspective about God's creation helps us to recognize, you know what? There's very little I can control. Very little. There is one thing. You can control your perspective. And your perspective that God is bigger. You know, one of life's greatest challenges is to, have to, to, to avoid a self-centered view of everything. <clears throat> everything filters through me, myself, and I. How do I feel about this? What do I like? What do I want to do? How does it make me feel? Those things are important questions to answer. But if that's all you're, as, as far as we go, we really are. Honestly, drinking a bit of poison and all of that, but we're shrinking our experience and we're shrinking our opportunities to treasure God and others. We make our experience in life the center of our universe rather than ultimately seeing there's so much more. So knowing the truth about creation is an ever-present tool to reorient ourselves towards the truth. So let's aim 
to constantly and consistently treasure the precious parts of God's creation rather than us as the center of God's creation. Secondly, it's there for pleasure. This is a short point. Uh, I hope you can enjoy creation. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1 says that God is a God of all comfort who comforts us in our treasures or in our troubles. That comfort is meant to be pleasurable. We need pleasure to comfort us and rejuvenate our lives. Some pain and struggle is good. Too much pain without some type of comfort burns us out. So God's creation opens us a door, opens a door for us to get, be comforted as we go through the difficulties in life. You know, vacations are good. Many of us need to go on one. Like, make it happen. Even if it's a staycation, make it happen. You can recognize that opportunity to enjoy what God has made and what He's done. Even if it's just being together with others, treasuring God's creation, other people. So let's aim to find pleasure from God Himself by being people who ultimately go out and express publicly the glory of God's creation around us. So that might be, look at this day. It might be you at the at your doorstep with a cup of coffee. This is beautiful, isn't it, neighbor? I don't know about that. <laughs> Third, it does provide us purpose. To know and understand that God created everything is invaluable. Not only for this life, but it leads to faith in Jesus and eternal life. Our world needs these truths more than ever. They continue to search for comfort and pleasure in their own ways. And we do too. We're not above that. But God's word does shape us in Ephesians 4. 17 through 19, talking about this, the futility of our thinking, how we used to live that way, that we were darkened in our understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that was in us due to the hardening of our hearts. You know, we really need to make sure that we're not losing our sensitivity. Sensitivity to what? Not just morality, but sensitivity to God's work in the world, that we're actually capturing what God is up to. That helps us have purpose, to remember that we're not just here to truck along with our purposes, our, our, our goals, but we're here to actually have our minds wide open to God's activity in the world. So let's not lose our sense of sensitivity to what God is up to, and creation helps us do just that. People are, you know, nose to the grindstone type of folks. They, they plow through their week, and they don't stop to recognize what God's up to. We can do the same thing, can't we? Where we lose our purpose, and our purpose becomes our jobs. Our purpose becomes getting good at something specific. Or our purpose just becomes, uh, you know what, just kind of getting through it. How many of us have felt that way over the last two and a half years? Like, you know what, my purpose is just to make it. Not the worst thing, but again, not as much as what God would want us to have. So yeah, when we're caught in that, we, we drift back and forth, and we find ourselves pursuing pleasure and sensuality because we're substituting what God wants us to treasure things right here. So let's not be blinded to these truths that God is trying to help us to see through his creation. So are you, and I ask myself as we move forward in this series, are you willing to take delight in creation? Come on. To take the time to reflect, to journal, to pray, to go, to explore, to share, to meet with others, to do all of that. You know, we treasure many things and many things we delight in. I love my landscaping, I love my tools, you love something too. But it's not just the tools, it's not just the landscaping, but it's what it represents and who it points to. Let's treasure creation, let's praise God and thank Him that those things are given to us for His enjoyment and for ours. So let's treasure God's creation, let's find perspective, let's find that comfort, and let's find the purpose in the creation that God 
has created for all of us. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to have one final song, and uh, after that, we're going to pray. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do some communion, too. Thanks, So uh, I'll pray for communion here, and uh, as we take the bread and juice, let's reflect on God's creation, His story, and even through, obviously through Jesus, and that story of redemption for all of us. And we'll also pray for the food that we're going to ingest after our communion. Lord, heaven, God, thank you so much for showing yourself through your creation. God, we've come from all over the place. Uh, Our brothers and sisters in Michigan could tell us all about the Great Lakes. Tell us about uh, polar ice caps and snow and cold, other things. And we appreciate, God, that even the stories of our experiences on vacations and traveling or where we've come from all over the world, there's just different experiences about how we've seen you. We get to share that with each other. God, thank you for the beautiful area that you have planted us in. We have the valley all around us, and yes, it can be sticky for a couple months of the year, but God, we're grateful that there's so much more to it than just the humidity. God, we know that it's not just the mountains and the the wind and the leaves and the four seasons that we get to enjoy, but it's about the people that are around us right now and the people that live here. That every face is different, every fingerprint is different, every detail and story, there's so much to see in one another. God, help us as a people to treasure your creation by respecting and appreciating and loving others. God, we pray for our time here as we celebrate your story of creation, building it, creating it, and then sending your son to redeem us. And how we've twisted it so many times, but yet he endured, he came, he died, and resurrected so that we could really have perspective, pleasure, and purpose in this world. We love you for that. We thank you for that. And help us to see you more and more this week. Help us to treasure creation, ultimately treasure you as we go through this summer series well beyond the eight weeks, but more and more throughout the rest of our lives. Bless our time. Bless the food that's been prepared by Bojangles and brothers and sisters. Help that to miraculously keep us healthy. We ask all this to your son's name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. Be sure to check back every Sunday for new sermons listed right here. Subscribe to us on YouTube and like us on Facebook to stay in touch with all that God is doing in the Roanoke Valley Church. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.